HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Two percent, two percent, two percent. Uh, the two percent's right over here. Oh, hey, Jenna. I didn't know you shopped here. Uh, yeah, anything to support local food, know what I mean? I definitely do. Though that's not the only thing you do in the name of Good Eats, obviously. Well, true. I also host Eating Matters every Wednesday at 5 p.m. where we talk about food policy and how it impacts all of us. Be sure to tune in. All right, gotta get the plug in there, I get it. Yep, I'm hashtag shameless. You know what else you can do to support the local food community, right? Well, yeah. Make a donation to Heritage Radio Network, the world's pioneer food radio station. That's right. And I gotta call you out on the whole local thing. What do you mean? Well, The Farm Report, A Taste of the Past, Japan Eats. Those are shows that take you around the country and the world. I'll give you that. So how can listeners give their support? It's pretty easy. Just go to heritageradionetwork.org and click on the big red heart in the top right corner. It's pretty easy from there. Thanks. Hi there. I'm Greg from Kapow. Visit us at kapow.com to check out our unique collection of everyday reusable products designed to help you do more with less. C-U-P-P-O-W.com. Hey, what's up? This is Jack Inslee, host of Full Service Radio. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this show, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Coming at you from Heritage Radio Network. I'm one of your hosts, Jacqueline Raposo. And I'm your other host, Ben Rosenblatt. And we are all about Texas and barbecue today. We are not in the studio. We I was in Texas two weeks ago and Yee-haw! now Yeehaw! And now we are in my apartment back in New York City. We have just come from the big Apple barbecue block party where I ate so much brisket. And pork. Mm, I have like the sexy yummy. meat sweats going right now. I'm exhausted. Excuse me. <laughs> the the sex- sexy meat sweats. The sexy meat sweats. I can't think of anything sexy about meat sweats. I think if you. All right. So I spent like two hours more ah, at this barbecue God, than you did. Disgusting. And I have a feeling the people I met from Tennessee and Texas and Alabama and Mississippi, the great state of Mississippi, I have a feeling they would get what I mean when I say ah, the sexy meat, meat sweats. All right. Are... Let's take a shot. Let's take a shot so you can erase the sexy meat sweats <laughs> imagery from your mind. 
We're gonna do uh, a shot of of Jameson. Oh, Cheers. I like doing shows Cheers. Shots first. We never do that. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. Here we go. It's a big shot. Qua. All right. While we down that, um, oh, listen to. <laughs> Uh, uh, say hi to some people that I met in Texas, and Ben and I will be right back. My name is Andrea Bullard. I work for Cinco Vodka, and I am engaged. Hi, my name is Stephen Perry. I am the general manager of the Old Main Association in San Antonio, and I am currently in a relationship of five years. Caroline Timmons, Instagram handle is EatItBeat. I am dating. My name's Robert Carr. I'm the executive chef here at La Cantera. And yes, I'm married. Hi, I'm Emily. I am from Reynolds Publicity, which handles the publicity for Culinaria. And I am single. My name is Pedro Poyar. I'm the chef at Grace. I am single. My name is Megan, and I work for a marketing company, and I am recently divorced. So my name is Frederick Osterberg. I'm the co-founder of Ferdinella Cellars, a small boutique winery in Texas Hill Country. I am married. She helps at the winery, and she also runs another winery that we also own together called Armadillo's Leap. She's president of that winery. First name is Fatima Marie Hendricks. I'm a hostess here at Zinc Bistro and Bar. I am dating, currently in a relationship for a year now. Uh, chef Jason Dady from the Jason Dady Restaurant Group. I'm a chef, owner, restaurateur. I've been married 19 years. My name is John Kovacs. I'm the owner of Hill Country. Distillers, and I am very happily married. 24 years. Casey Kovacs. I am married to John Kovacs. We make some prickly pear cactus moonshine and jalapeno moonshine. My name is Matt Boss. Work for Dulce Vida Tequila, and am divorced. Rebecca Conley, Brennan Vineyards, COO, Director of Marketing, married a couple of years ago. My name's Luciano Valadez. I'm the research and development chef for Grupo La Gloria. My name is John Russ. I'm the chef at Loop Restaurant on the Riverwalk. I am happily married. My name is Elise Russ. I have two jobs. I work for Houston Street Charities, which runs the cocktail conference, and I have my own business because I'm a pastry chef. I have my own event business, um, and I'm married. My name is Cecilia Barreto. I work for Perdinella Cellars. I am single. Uh, my name is James Moore. I'm the chef and owner of Gray's Restaurant and TBA Lounge. And I am not married, but seeing somebody. I am Elise Maldonado, and I am the culinary concierge here at Hotel Emma. I am recently single, was dating for two years. So that's fun. Back to cooking for one. Rebecca Conley, Brennan Vineyards, COO, Director of Marketing. Married a couple of years ago. My name is Marissa Contreras. I work at Paternalis. Sellers. I am very single. Now hold on a second here. I thought you was in San Antonio. Only like six of the people talk with a <laughs> with an accent like this. I know. I didn't meet my cowboy in San Antonio. <laughs> Are you sure you weren't just like on the street corner in Washington Heights outside your apartment? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was in San Antonio. I was there for the Culinaria Festival. It's Ooh. there. Yeah. So it's like so you, you know, didn't... there was a barbecue event. There was a grand tasting. But you didn't meet a Prince Charming. Let's just say I did not meet a footballer in a in a cowboy hat in Aww. Texas, but I did meet a lot of lovely people and what, um, from what all did... over the food and beverage world. So I went to different restaurants and different bars and then different events for the Culinaria Festival. And I just asked people five, basically five questions about what love and dating were like in Texas. So what did you start with? So I started with... How did you, and you got asked out in real life, mm -hmm. the last time it happened, how did it happen? And what was the response? Well, the majority of the people said the following. 
I was at a bar. In a bar? Hanging out at a bar. Somebody coming up to me and saying, can I buy you a drink? Well, I actually met her at a honky-tonk bar and asked her to dance. We actually met in a country and western bar. And she looked at my blue eyes and said, okay, I'll dance with you. We both love to dance, and he came and asked me to dance. That was pretty much it. What do you think about meeting a guy in a bar? Are you, like, open to... I would be totally open to... I find that the problem that we have in New York is that nobody asks each other out in a bar anymore. Like, I would like to meet somebody in real life, and I'd be fine if a dude came over to me in a bar and chatted me up and asked for my number. It's interesting, because my brother and his wife met in a a bar. bar. Um, Well, it's funny, because, like, we talk so much about online dating, but a lot of people say about online dating, like, well, it's better than meeting people in a bar. You get to know them more... But on the flip side, if you meet somebody in a bar, you can sort of tell if you're attracted to them, or their energy at least, versus online, you can go back and forth and somebody could be great on paper, and then as soon as you meet them, you're like, ah, like they're, I'm not get like the vibe between us doesn't work. There's totally so it's pros really, and cons to both. Exactly, yeah. So other people met through work, which is cute. There are a lot of people who met through work. Um, but this particular couple that we're going to hear next, it's a, they're a married couple in the food industry, and it's just here's a really cute example about how two people can meet through their job. Awesome. He was a pastry chef, and I was a sous chef, and our boss was an idiot. And I said, let's go get some Dark and Stormy. We fell in love over Dark and Stormies. It was just what I was drinking at the time, and he made them very well. So he would have a cup that was like four gallons, and I would have a cup that was like eight ounces, and he would drink one for one with me. <laughs> So that was Chef John Russ of Luke Restaurant and his wife, Elise. And they are just the sweet. Aren't they just the sweetest people? They are adorable. They, I, I do think, though, that if I drank a four-gallon Dark and Stormy, <laughs> I'd be, like, passed out in a puddle of my own vomit. He's old school. But He's a badass old school chef. I guess that's Yeah, and we were at, like, this is later in the night when I interviewed him at, the, like, the Grand Tasting. So there were other chefs, too. And I admit, I might have drank a lot of, like, locally made mezcal. And, uh, yeah, no, Wait, they made they really good. Were they drinking Dark and Stormies that night? I didn't notice, honestly. Yeah. I didn't notice. But there was a lot of alcohol. But it was really funny. At this point, it's late in the night, and I walk up, and John is asking another dude, like, oh, where's your girlfriend or wife's, like, dress from? That's a cute dress. And I'm like, I know this guy's married. What is he doing? And so I asked him. He's like, no, it's a really pretty dress. My wife would like that dress, and she'd look good in it, so I want to know where she got it. Oh, where, and I thought it was a, so sweet. That's a sweet, sweet gesture. Yeah, and I was like, really? Is that what you're doing? And then when I met Elise, I was like, so just let you know your husband is like asking about this dress on another woman and she's like yeah he does it all the time he like if he if he sees something he knows i'll like it's really cute wow yeah isn't that sweet does she just like come home to like new gowns all the time i don't know if they're quite there these are the people that drink dark and stormies when they're angry at their boss <laughs> <Okay>. by the <laughs> you enough. know in large quantities fair so enough we didn't, no, we didn't quite get there so but. how did these other people so there are right, so there me. were a lot of other people that had different sort of first date stories, but we're gonna I'm gonna be three in a row that just were particularly sweet to me, and I think that they provide the last two particularly provide good lessons for men. So lessons. Men, not less well, adv- I don't know advice like okay. just perspective that I found refreshing that I was like yeah I was nodding my head for these. I ladies. don't need these lessons, but for you guys out there that might need them, if listen you up. need it, listen particularly attentively to the following. Thank you. All right, so we were in Paris. I, I was studying. Um, I was trying to brush up on my French, which was uh, very, very poor at the time, and so I desperately needed brushing up on. And Julie was there um, at the university doing uh, a degree in literature. We were introduced to a friend 
um, she was there, and we decided to go out to see a movie together. Uh, we went to the cinema. It was sort of an artsy cinema, and we saw Strangers on the Train, Hitchcock, old Hitchcock movie, and um, maybe not very romantic, but it's still interesting. And uh, and so afterwards, we're exiting the cinema, and we're, we're walking down, I believe it's Boulevard Saint-Michel in Paris, and, and her metro station is coming up, and, uh, and I realized I just had a few seconds to come up with something otherwise she would just go down the stairs to, to the station and disappear and so I, I just said let's go have a drink right here and so we, we go into this lovely bar and, uh, and we just had a great time in there the people working there they were very friendly and sort of smiled and it was obviously this sort of electricity between me and, and Julie and, and so after a while I, I disappeared downstairs to use the restroom and then I came back up and I asked Julie so, there's, there's these funny posters and stickers down there and all sort of ra- rainbow and, and sort of and, and and she said, Frederick, I, you know, I think we're at the gay bar. And, and so that was our first date. And everybody there was super friendly, super, super nice. Did it break nice the romantic tension? No, 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 not at all. And, and, but it was this great experience because everybody was so friendly. And, you know, they, they, I, I guess they thought it was slightly odd, but, but they were super nice and friendly to us. And, and we just had a great time there. So that was our first date. So It's actually kind of funny. We worked at the same restaurant. It was the way he carried himself. Just very sure of himself, confident kind of thing. All the other guys... I could tell they liked me, but they would never ask me out. You know, they wouldn't take that plunge. So he was like, hey, here's my number. Let's have a drink. Call me when you get off work. And it wasn't like, do you want a drink? You know, it was like very forward. And I was like, oh, okay. The last time it happened, I was at brunch. And I was with my mother and um, my stepfather. And this really sweet, genuine country boy sent over a note and gave it to the bartender to send to me. And the bartender ended up throwing it away. And then the guy realized the bartender didn't go through with his romantic gesture. And he said, you know what, are those her mimosas? I'm going to deliver those mimosas for her and it was the cutest thing he put a cloth napkin over his arm like he was the sommelier of the place and came over and he said I just want to let you guys know I'm not here to disrespect you but your daughter or whoever this is to you is very beautiful and I would love to take her out we went out because I was just like is this a movie scene? (laughs) it was just so courageous and cute and you know even if a guy tries if you're a normal human you're not going to laugh in his face for trying you know all guys should know like you see your chance you see your moment you're freaked out use those nerves and jitters and just run with it you never know what could happen. So, Ben, what did you think about those last three clips? I mean, you've got Paris, you've got I think those Collins. San Antonians have some big brass balls, man. I think they do, too. There were so... Like, nobody said we met online. Nobody I talked to who was in a relationship said we said we met online, and most people did... It didn't even come up. Like, and people the, meet in real life. Like, the bringing over of the drinks... I know. ...move was pretty sharp. Yeah, and she did tell me later on that it didn't work out, but that it was a location thing. They went out, but that they, they lived too far apart, and he it was... Pulled out his like problem. one good trick. <laughs> exactly. Like, he like blew his load too fast. Way you know? too fast. But oh, poor guy. Yeah, well. yeah. But I thought it was sweet, and I just like and I just I was like, oh yeah, people ask each other out in real life in San Antonio, and I I must admit that I was a little jealous. Every minute it seemed so easy. Every minute it seemed so easy. How, what to, was the age group of like? How old was that? Elise, she was the yeah. third. She was Elise. I would guess that she was late 20s, early 30s. I didn't ask. Okay. Um, but yeah, she's the culinary concierge at uh, at the Emma Hotel, which is beautiful. The Hotel Emma, which is gorgeous and new, and I want to go and I also liked how them. the previous girl um, was talking about working at a restaurant. She's like, yeah, I knew all the other guys wanted me to Right, do. but this like, guy had the cojones know, to like, she's like do like, it. She was like, every guy at the restaurant wanted <laughs> me. She's very pretty. She's very pretty. I'm sure she is. Yeah, very petite and pretty and polite. Yeah, and that story in Paris, I thought it was very charming. Like, oh, she was going to get on the metro, so I had to talk to her really quick. I thought it was, yeah, 
I thought, yeah, that was very charming. Three winners right there. Three winners right there. Um, I think I, we're, it's raining out now, and I'm getting tired. Are you ready for another shot? I'm ready for another shot. So uh, why don't we take a break, and David, why don't you bring us into a commercial and some tunes, and we're going to take another shot and be back with more Love Bites in San Antonio. Americans throw away 58 billion disposable cups every year. A lot of those cups will still be around long after you're dead. Kind of dark, I know, but I'm Greg from Kapow, and we decided to do something about it. We created the only glass travel mug that's 100% U.S. made. You can check it out alongside our complete line of everyday reusables at kapow.com. C-U-P-P-O-W.com. My go-to second date is going to see something um, music-driven because I'm really music-driven and that'll tell me a lot about the person if they're willing to go to a band they've never heard of before. So if they don't really like the music but they go with me anyways and they put forth to have a good time, then that shows a lot to me. That person is giving in a sense. Like maybe their thing is dinosaurs and I didn't invite them to the Woody Museum, but at least they came with me and they did my thing. And then, you know, on the third date, we can do your thing. On a second date, it's probably more along the lines of what they want to do and if I want to do that because most of the time it is like kind of like something the first date is always something people two people generally like together and then after that I would actually rather put myself in a position of what they want to do and because I need to know if like I like doing that and if I can like hey like say hey like you like this particular restaurant let's go to this one because I think it's actually kind of better or I can make something better than this and I think you'll like it it might sound weird but my go-to second date is a good quality pizza place because then you can kind of see what toppings they're gonna get because they're more than just your like pepperoni sausage but also eating pizza is like a little bit sexy but a little bit weird so it's a cool way to like judge them in a good way um, I love picnics I like buying some things from a grocery store or a place, like a specialty food place, and just getting some random things and a bottle of wine and going somewhere outside. It's, like, super romantic. So that would be a second date. Maybe something fun, different, kayaking, something outdoorsy. You can actually go a little outside of San Antonio, like, to Gardner State Park. I feel like kind of like a day trip is good on a second date, like like some road time, you know, and traveling, whether it's 30 minutes, an hour, a couple hours to go somewhere just to see, you know, how you jive and, you know, being stuck in a car or spending a certain amount of time confined to just each other. I feel like the first date is getting to know each other, going out, and then the second is, like, really digging in and seeing if, you know, you jive with the person and so I, I always like maybe go to a show like dig dig further into likes to see if those are more compatible I suppose 
So weren't those cute second date ideas? Like they were all pretty interesting. They were. Like I could date the thoughtful. girl who likes to go to concerts. Concerts, yeah. yeah. You know, and I thought it was cute. She's like, maybe your thing is dinosaurs. I was like, oh, that's whose thing is dinosaurs. But you were telling know. me while we were listening to that about the last well, guy you dated. And... Yeah, no, I, no, I went on a date with a guy who's very lovely. But the first date, I think I alluded to it on a show recently, was like just very sexy and hot and heavy. But the second date was not. <laughs> Why so, was the second date not hot? I don't know. I like it was the same sort of scenario. Like we met at, you know, we met for drinks and then went for dinner, and it was cuddly and sweet. But it was not like hot and heavy. Like maybe we should have just done something more ambitious. Maybe we should have done a what little was trip or something about artistic. The first date and the second date. I couldn't tell. Like nothing significant. The first date we met like after actually a heritage radio event where I left being like bye guys I got to go to a you know a date for love bites because I have to date for love bites and it ends up being a hot date. Your expectations shifted a little bit. You I went get that's from true. being like eh, I've got to go this stupid right date, and, then and then you was, had a great time to like also, oh I had a great time that last time we had an awesome date and then you didn't have a good right. Date. Well, also it's sort of um, just from what we've been talking about on the show as far as just getting out of your shell and also I get antsy this time of year like when it gets warm out. That's when I get like I don't know I get more in the mood for love and making I do get friskier. I was talking to a chef I interviewed Gentlemen, the other day now about. Is the time well, I to talked call to Jacqueline I was interviewing a chef the other it. day and I was like oh and I realized I'm a summer dater because I love like barbecues and ho- and like being outside and cooking lazily and like the hot steamy days of the summer or whatever. Um, yeah, but my expectations definitely did shift. That that first date we made out like I was 25 years old, like in a dive bar, like hardcore making out. And so I was so excited to see him. And the second date, like I said, was very, very sweet. But it was the same thing. It was like we went to, like, we were at a, having drinks and then went to a restaurant. But you can't pinpoint why you didn't want to make no, out with him. No, no, I cannot pinpoint what shifted with this person. All I, I, the only thing I can say is I feel like that first date, he was flirting and charming. Okay. And the second date, he wasn't flirting with me. So maybe that's the only thing. But yeah. But anyway, but all of these dates that people just shared with us from San Antonio, I thought were very, very sweet. And again, ambitious that like they do like the idea of going on a road trip on your second date for something to spend more that time together. That's pretty that ambitious. ambitious. You told me that you also asked them about what their favorite seduction dish. Yeah, because would there be. are so many people who could cook, and so especially some of these chefs. Just talking about yeah, and what you're about to hear, listeners. I expected, I think, a little bit more barbecue, a little bit more south from Texas, and these guys, they really, they, they dish it up. Like, they, they hold their own, so... Let's listen. Yeah, have a listen. Um, so I was born in Sweden, and so I, I'm very fond of Swedish cuisine. If I want to try to do something nice, I often try to do something from my, from my Swedish cookbooks. There's one in particular that I really like. It's called uh, Jansson's Temptation, and it's this wonderful dish with potatoes, anchovies, lightly sautéed onions, and lots and lots of cream. Everything is better with cream, right? So uh, put it in the oven for, for half an hour, and it's amazing. Well, the seduction meal, I'm a great cook, and I will make her a very nice Italian dinner. I will make finished lasagna with my own homegrown spinach and I'll make homemade garlic bread and a very nice Italian salad. I'm lucky enough to be able to make most types of cuisine. I'm a giver so I want to I want to find out what they like. So I pick and prod a little bit and then I'll I'll go after that. Garlic pasta. <laughs> pasta with olive oil and garlic and parmesan cheese. It's like we have it once a week. Gnocchi with a little bit of truffle and cream sauce. Super simple, no big whip and just 
It's done. Totally in. Yeah. I made Filipino food. Yeah, I guess she's actually Filipino Chinese. So I showed her what I can make Filipino food. So we made uh, we made pork adobo and we made a pancet canton, it's a noodle dish, and uh, rice. And then I made a little bit of penic bet. It's a, uh, a vegetarian dish. I did. I, I went all out. Yeah, she loved it. What kind of old world cuisine? Something where you know, kind of have to make a pasta from scratch and a sauce, and you know, maybe braise some lamb or some pork, some cut of meat. That's gonna take a lot of time. So that way, you know, I guess kind of uh, the amount of time put into the work kind of reflects the, I guess, what I'm willing to put into a relationship or something like that. So, uh, When I want to make more babies, I would say, like, by cooking at home, grilled Korean short ribs. Loves them. It starts with something comforting. Something like, like a souped-up mac and cheese. Like a mac and cheese that's, like, generally indulgent but has like kind of some crazy cheeses in there to kind of make it adult. And then it's always more like something like a small quaint meal, like like veal or lamb or something with really, really fresh, good veggies. Just kind of like small, sexy meals. I go to a bar. <laughs> no food included. Let's not eat. I really like Emily at the end there. And she's like, no, no food. Just go to a bar. She's just like, alcohol. She's like, I'm not going to cook for a dude. If you want to get me into bed, you got to get me wasted. <laughs> exactly. No, yeah. I, I respect, respect. How about Emily. you? Do you have a dish, not that necessarily you use for seduction, but that no, will I, work on you if no, someone I have, is trying to seduce you? No, I have a seduction dish. Oh. Yeah. Well, oh, no, oh, I've got, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> no, I totally have a seduction dish. Okay. I call it my third date dish. Okay. Uh, it's I sear uh, duck breasts. Okay. And so I get them nice and crispy and beautiful. And I'll usually start with like some charcuterie and cheese, and then sear duck breast with some sort of puree of whatever time of year it you is. Just with, like keep a root vegetable. Breast over and over again. Breast. <laughs> well, like sear. I find like searing meat and slowly like rendering the fat from it, and mm. like I use like you know really good grass fed butter. Um, or like just searing scallops and putting it on top of salad. But like I, I, I put a little table in my kitchen and get some really good wine or ask the guy to bring wine. And if I want to seduce a guy, I mean, that's my favorite thing about dating is those long and lazy meals with someone, just cooking with someone and being in the kitchen for four or five hours or this time of year being in the backyard for a barbecue. Okay, but I still want an answer to my first question, which is if a guy is going to seduce you, what does he need to cook you? Um, just something that he... Anything, honestly, that A, I can eat with my food allergies, and that he's confident to do well. Something mm. simple, but that's cooked well. So how about you? See, well, I'm still a beginner in the kitchen myself. Like, I like to cook a lot, but I don't do it a ton. I don't really enjoy cooking by myself. So when I am cooking, it's, it usually is for someone else. But I really only have, like, a few dishes at my fingertips. But uh -huh. I do like to cook with someone else because I feel like it could especially like in the early stages like lead like to some like oh. kitchen like, like hands kitchen covered sex. in flour all of a sudden kitchen, kitchen sex, sex is, is really good see sex. that's what I'm saying it's interesting that you mentioned the fact that your favorite part of a relationship or one of your favorite aspects is those lazy meals together and yeah, stuff like that my favorite thing did you hear from the San Antonians what they look for in a relationship my favorite question is coming up. So I basically asked people that if you're in a relationship, what are your three favorite things about the person that you're with? And if you're not in a relationship, what are the three things that best describe what you are looking for? And the results were interesting as you're going to hear that you can sort of tell the people in relationships because they have a surety and a confidence about their answers. And people who are not, the things that they're looking for are a bit more vulnerable and guarded. And if you listen closely, you can sort of hear people who 
need some comfort in those three things. In a romantic partner, I want trust, I want passion, and I want empathy. Loving, caring, non-judgmental. Sense of humor. He's super caring, super thoughtful. His blue eyes. He's definitely not shy. He's my best friend. She tolerates me. <laughs> Loves food and wine, one. Two, a great sense of humor. And three, is okay that when we're at an event, we're not always stuck side by side. Uh, smart, strong, confident. Energy, strength, and ambition. She's incredibly smart. She knows what she wants and what she doesn't want. She's the voice of reason, you could, you could say. Kind, generous, and funny. I would say somebody ambitious, creative, and lovable. Forgiving, enthusiastic, and empowering. She's uh, adventurous, very caring, and uh, likes to have fun. Loyal, trustworthy, and kind. She's tremendously honest. She's absolutely true. And she's black and white. Kind, passionate, and completely unselfish. That was more than three. <laughs> um, I guess understanding, patience, and a love for food and what I do. They don't actually have to do it, but understand that I love what I do. Um, well, that's kind of hard. I want to say very committed, passive. Passive? Yes. And I want to just say um, has a good character and moral. Someone that's adventurous. I'm getting nervous. <laughs> so someone wants to try new things, experience, you know, being full of life. Why are you feeling nervous when I ask you that question? Because I'm recently new to the dating world. So. You're not the only one that I've spoken to. And if it makes yeah. you feel better, my uh, co-host and I, we try to be honest and vulnerable on the show. Because yeah. that's hard to be romantic. Honesty, I mean, it's hard to honesty be, yeah. can lead to vulnerability. Yeah. And that's... Another part of it, be honest, you know, like, hey, this is kind of how I feel, this is kind of what I, I'm thinking, and just go for it and ask, and like I said, you can kind of backtrack and say, okay, I'm sorry, I th you know, we've hung out in accounts, kind of took it as a little bit more, but I read too much into it, sorry, you know, keep it professional, so... You know, it's shocking to me, actually. Those were some great responses and great answers and so many similar things that, of course, both of us look for in relationships. But I'm kind of shocked that so few people, there were a couple, but so few people mentioned food. That's true. Given that they're all people who work in the industry. That's true. Like, I think it was only Pedro who was like, well, she's got to love food because that's what I do. So she doesn't have to love it, but she has to be cool with me loving it. But yeah, you're right. It's interesting. Yeah. And then... There was a question that you told me you asked about people <laughs> nice, sharing food. Nice transition. Yeah, so another question I asked was about uh, when people go out, do they share food or order their own thing? And I think these answers sort of speak for themselves. When you go out to eat, do you order separate things or do Absolutely. you? Absolutely. I, really? I mean, I just I clean my plate every time, so no chance no am I sharing it. Oh, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> really we usually order separate. He's very healthy. And I'm not healthy at all. So he's usually the one ordering like the salad on the date, and I'm the one eating like a giant cheeseburger, being totally gross. <laughs> so I'm a vegetarian, and he eats a lot of meat. So it kind of depends. Like we, we like to share, but sometimes we order separately, but he ends up eating all of mine anyway. So. <laughs>
This is the best because she's vegetarian and I'm not. So when we really want to go out, we go to a steakhouse. She'll get all the sides. I'll get a big fat steak. And they think that we're ordering for each other and it'll be fun. But really, she's eating the sides. I eat the steak. We get a big bottle of champagne and a big bottle of red and just that's it. It's great. So I'm an opportunist. I love to share meals. So if we can order a few things and share, that's ideal. But at the same time, if they prefer something and don't like something, I'm okay to order what I want and eat all of it by myself. I like to order together and split, but I have crazy, insane food allergies, so I don't like to be the Debbie Downer and be like, oh, well, I know you wanted to split those hot fries with me, but I can't eat that. There's just a lot of things in this day and age where my tummy can't handle, and I would rather not break out on a first date. <laughs> so, better safe than sorry, I just order my own thing. We share everything. Little plates, big plates. We order together. He likes food, too, so we try a little bit of everything together. Typically, when I go out with someone, I, I like to share. So I'm a big fan of ordering half to three quarters of the menu, and we all share amongst that. So I love to order a bunch and share. I just feel like it makes it more of a communal experience than just like sitting there independently eating. I think it's really sexy when a guy orders all the things that I would eat. I like to respect someone's taste and allow them to order, but I prefer to share. I love sharing. If we can divide and conquer, get uh, more delicious menu items and, and share, that would be perfect. Kind of share. Yeah, we just order. Usually, we, I like to order like small plates, and we just order small plates and try everything on the menu. Yeah, she's, uh, you know, we're kind of both foodies. We've been all over the world traveling and ate all many restaurants around the world, and, and that's what we like to do. Well, if I don't know them very well, I'd rather them order for themselves because that's how I learn about people. I cook for a living, and the way people eat means a lot about how they live, like every day. Because a lot of times, what people order on the first date is something they're comfortable with, and the next time, I kind of push it a little bit. Like if someone to order, order like something kind of simple like a salad with chicken i'm gonna do a kick-ass salad with some other kind of protein on there and kind of blow their socks off after that you know jacqueline since we're running out of time here and you're so fucking critical of my segues i'm gonna let I'm you take us out of whiskey. the rest of your show you're gonna let me take us out yeah, well i'm gonna, gonna drink the rest of your whiskey i'm done no, ah! no. <laughs> I was going, oh. how dare you you scared me it's your whiskey, um, it was so my whiskey so um i want to just say a thank you to everybody at culinaria and in san antonio there are a few of you who might be listening being like why am i not hearing my voice it's because i sucked at the recorder that i brought with me from heritage radio for the first couple and so I thought we were recording and we maybe weren't or didn't save properly so my apologies to you um I remember your stories and they are staying in my nerdy little writer's heart so I'm very very sorry that they're not so there so nerdy so nerdy with a sexy meat sweat god <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought we'd moved on from the meat sweat but I'm just picturing like baloney rolling out of someone's I do like, not have baloney rolling out of my <laughs> armpit but anyway so thank you to everybody that I met throughout Texas I had a beautiful time in San Antonio. I hope to come back. Thank you for sharing your stories with us. We are going to close out with a few minutes of people sharing their favorite date spot restaurants in San Antonio. Uh, so if you're going to visit the great state of Texas, uh, stop by these people and tell them that we sent you. And we will be back next week here at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. And take it away, San Antonio. Yeehaw!
But I'd say if we go anywhere, uh, we like to go to La Gloria. Honestly, I would have to say probably Cured. We can go there at any time of the day and know that we're going to have like a really good little meal. I really like Hot Joy. It's kind of sultry and dark and romantic. There's a wonderful restaurant. Uh, it's called Luke. Um, it's on the Riverwalk. They're very supportive when it comes to Texas wine, which is close to my heart. So that's that's always helpful. Paisanos. It's a good, uh, intimate, very nice, quiet restaurant uh, outside the Loop. I think Feast is a fun restaurant. It's hip. The menu's approachable. Cocktail list is good. And, and it's a sexy space, too. I love Southerly. It's in the pearl. It's like super casual, but at the same time, like kind of more high end. Number one go to restaurant in San Antonio would be Cured down in the pearl. The atmosphere, the uniqueness of it, what they do, farm to table, snap to tail, is very unique. San Antonio, we always go to a little Thai restaurant called Tidy, little, um, a couple, very small, hole in the wall, classic Thai, and we love it because they're great people, the food is super delicious, we can take a bottle of wine in and have a killer time. I would say my favorite date spot is Folk, uh, because they do have a wonderful uh, menu, and they have a bar right across the way, Park Social. Lately, I gotta be honest, it's been Barbaro. The decor is nice, the drink specials are very nice. Uh, Kung Fu Noodle is an awesome place to take somebody like on a date because they do these homemade dumplings, they do homemade uh, ramen, they do homemade soups and pho, but they're so awesome. Hard Bodies Taco Truck. It's uh, right in front of Hard Bodies. It's a male strip club. It's a total scene. It's a thing. But they make the best vegetarian tacos late night. It's a great place. It's fun. It's a whole scene there. Like, you have, like, the entertainment of, like, the people coming out of the strip club. You have all the hipsters. You have all, like, the crazy... Like, hey, we're getting shit-faced people. And then, like, the chefs show up and eat all the tacos. It's, it's entertainment. It's worthwhile. for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org you can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio you can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org Heritage Radio Network is a non-profit organization to donate and become a member visit our website today thanks for listening